Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 266. You are with your high priest of Conchu, Ray. G'day, everybody. And um, joining me on this sojourn in a very different ITK episode is, of course, one half the left Velvet Drape, I'll call him. <laughs> Justin the Owl. Justin, welcome back. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me. And thank you, as always, Loonies, for listening. Yes, it's always good to um, to have everyone back uh, tuning in to this, the 266th. And uh, and if you look up into the moon sky, into the moon sky, yes, into the sky filled with the moon, you will see that it is a waxing gibbous. Uh, and that means that we'll be looking at the other side of the moon. Now, Justin, the way I've framed it, just bear with me here. I'm pretty proud of myself. Uh, the other side of the moon. Uh, so we're going to look at the other side of some of Moon Knight's creators. Um, works that they've done that is not related to Moon Knight, but of course them being Moon Knight alumni, there's a connection there with Moon Knight. So we're going to be looking at Lords of the Ultra Realm by Doug Mensch, the, the granddaddy of Moon Knight. Um, and uh, yeah, this is... Um, a six-parter plus a special, Justin. So uh, mm. we're going to treat it kind of like a like an arc review. Uh, and my gosh, what an it's a huge, huge arc. <laughs> I got to say that it's quite a quite a large story. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. It is. Um, but a uh, an enjoyable one and um, quite a different one as well. Mm. So before Very we that, yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And, and thanks to this was uh, for those that listened to a previous episode. Justin and I uh, just chatted about doing this and it kind of formulated on air. And so here we are, mm. uh, Justin. So, uh, before I love any... it when stuff like that happens. <laughs> oh, I love it when a plan comes together, just like Hannibal yes, used to yeah, say. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, before any of that as well, uh, Justin, how are things? How are things going? Better now. I was sick last week with a head cold. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, we had some concert plans to go see Erasure in Boston, but that was the entire tour was canceled because of COVID stuff. So that ah. was kind of a bummer. I was hoping that they would at least postpone the dates until the summer or fall, but they chose to cancel the whole tour. So it was a little bit of a bummer. God. But I'm doing doing much better now. <laughs> you're, you're a, I mean, you're a huge music buff i mean uh, mm. some previous episodes will um you know will show that and and we've talked about music as well and uh you've mentioned previously about your um one of your favorite bands featured in a comic book like advertised mm. um you've got some music which i've seen justin uh on your yeah, so a little profile. bit of it kicking around yeah okay. yeah Gonna have to, you know, gonna have to share with the loonies there. But I, I know you're using that for your own projects, which is, um, I can't wait. Um, so, mm. yeah. But you're you're a big music buff. Um, do you go to like, do you 
re- I mean, in the old days before the pandemic, do you regularly go to com- uh, to concerts? For a while, I tried to go to at least two a year, one or two a year. Wow, I, there, okay. there's not a, a lot of bands that I really want to see in 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 live in performance, but it just so happened that there were several that were on tour over the last few years that I really wanted to see, and it okay. Um, it worked out perfectly in that regard. And there were nice. a couple that I got to do the meet and greet thing, and I love that. Yeah. I love being able to, to meet them. It's fantastic. I mean, that that kind of always amazes me as well, to be able to go. To the, how do you come about? How do you go about getting meet and greets and getting to go behind stage and meeting your idols? Like, it's a, that's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, sometimes it's like the the um, like the Facebook group will have like the insider stuff where you get like first dibs on that stuff, mm-hmm. or sometimes it will just be in, like in in a couple of my cases, it's just an upgrade to an existing ticket package. You just pay a little nice. bit extra to the upgrade the ticket for that, and you just go to the venue early, and while the band are hanging around shooting the breeze with all the the crew and people and shoot been playing some pool and stuff you get to hang out awesome. with them it's fantastic <laughs> well, yeah. any of them like um like iggy pop like just have a bowl of like green m oh. ms or something you know? <laughs> some really specific requests <laughs> i don't know if i would if i'm brave enough to do a meet and greet with iggy pop i, I would like to see that <laughs> that man's a little intimidating well like he's i mean how old is he he's he's doing well i mean he looks well for his age he's doing but, well yeah i but, love iggy pop yeah yeah he's, but he's, he's, he's just so intelligent that he's he's genius level and that's always intimidating to me <laughs> well uh, justin I, I think i say this in, in the best way i think lords of the underrealm i think you need uh mm. i think you need a phd to <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) not not to say that Justin and I necessarily have one, but it it is an an immense tome, and I'm going to use a pun intended uh, by Mm. Doug Doug Mensch. It's a a sweeping, epic tale. Um, We'll get into it, loonies. Uh, If you haven't mentioned, if you haven't heard of it, uh, please check it out. Um, Before we get into the details, because Justin and I jumped ahead of myself, I just wanted to chat with you, that's all. Um, (laughs) A big thank you to all our sponsors, the Petrunis, of course, the first first and foremost, and then our primary sponsors, Drew Toombs, who creates music under Toombs and Luke Music, Daniel Doing, the creator of Fringe Night, CLZ Comics by Collectors, and Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois, the online superhero store. So a big thank you to everyone there. But yeah, Justin, my gosh. Uh, and, and let it be known, loonies, that we got no feedback. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I think this is, this is one of the... This is really like the dark side of the moon, um, Justin. It's, I don't think any, anyone knows this. How, how did you come about... How did you find out about this? Did you collect this back in the day or...? No, well, back in the day, I did collect um, Who's Who. It, okay. it was basically like the DC version of the uh, handbook. Mm-hmm. that had character descriptions of everyone and it it had the the a large entry on the lords of the ultra realm so I, I i read about the origin and i got to see brief sketches small little sketches of all the characters and i thought they looked really cool 
Okay. Um, and the whole concept was really neat. But I didn't actually seek out the the miniseries until quite a few. God, I think it was 20 years later I actually got it. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's certainly worth getting. Uh, I'm just going to jump to availability. So it is obviously available in floppy form. Um, I... I have ordered mine, Justin. It's since it's going to take a while to get, so I I kind of jumped on, on the pirate ship and uh, and oh, secured okay. some just because <laughs> I wasn't able to to get it in time. But um, it is readily available on the likes of eBay and and maybe um, maybe your LCS if you're lucky enough. Um, over in the US, you might be able to find them. Um, I don't know. Would it be a bargain bin? thing justin i mean they that's, don't seem to be where that. i found mine yeah, yeah i found yeah. all all six issues plus the special for a dollar in the dollar bin yeah, crazy I mean, really yeah cool. it's like, yeah yeah i mean you and i were sharing well, the ebay i mean there were ebay there's plenty on ebay as mm. well um yeah so yeah go check it out there it's, it's all available uh, just only in floppy form am i correct mm. justin i don't know I, I haven't come across I, any trades or yeah, I don't think no. there's a collected edition of this. I don't think there's a digital edition of this anywhere. I I don't even yeah. think I looked for it on Comixology. Yeah, but I, I, I don't it's, think it's, it's not, anywhere. Yeah. No, it, I I looked for it. It's it's not on Comixology. Uh, so that's kind of if it's not there, you're not going to find mm. it like digitally for sale, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But like I said, you know, if you sail the high seas. You may come, you may there's, come across there's it. always a way there's always a way uh, you'll find that pearl out there somewhere that's it well i mean let's get to it i'm going to as mentioned this is the other side of the moon i've got to stop announcing that i'm going to click the banner justin it's just amateur hour here but i'm just i'm still working with the technology so um <laughs> other side of the moon and there i'm, I'm pointing to it and <laughs> that's even more amateurish uh, as i mentioned it's based on the other side of one of the moon Knight creators so justin and i will we'll get into that um released we're, we're going to talk mainly i guess about the issues one to six the 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 main saga um mm. so released between june and november 1986 and i'm going to say the subsequent year 1987 was when the special came out and um you mm. basically have these are an easy easy credits uh writer doug mensch who everyone will be aware of pencilers inker and colorist patrick or pat broderick and letterer john workman so broderick doing uh doing the hard yards there pulling the, yeah. the weight <laughs> weight of the team <laughs> <laughs> yeah, triple, a triple threat. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. doing all of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now, of course, if you haven't listened, uh, what Justin and I will do, uh, we'll go through a bare bones this time, uh, provided by Wiki. I'm hoping, Justin, again, may I ask... You know, you always know it's a treat. It's a treat for me, at oh. least. <laughs> may I ask, uh, Justin, if you may uh, impart your, your tones? Yes. Absolutely, yes. Excellent. So, Justin will be uh, reading out the bare bones, a synopsis, uh, and this will go, basically, it's a really general overview of these six issues, uh, and then Justin and I will get into, uh, first of all, some key moments, um, and we can get further further deeper down into stuff like writing and art uh themes characters i mean there there is a cast of thousands here mm-hmm. just there's a lot <laughs> it kind of it makes me i just marvel at 
Doug Mensch's mind. I mean, he he came up mm. with all of this, and it seems all of it's well considered. It's it's akin to me. I, I just kept on thinking of J.K. Rowling um, with Harry Potter. Mm. How all these That's many characters, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned Masters oh, of the oh, Universe. Yeah, a little bit of that too. Just kind of all of these ideas. It's just seemed like a feast of the imagination. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then, so we'll go through our notes, and then we'll cap it off with a moon rating system. Now, Justin, I have pulled the wool over your eyes uh, in the prompt sheet. I'm not sure is that is that your rating? I'm not going to give it away, but mine is a, an outdated one, so I'll leave that. Oh, one. I did. Yes, I did actually put my rating in the, in the right places. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the last couple of times I've put it in in yours and in Noel's, so ah. this time I made sure to put it in the right place. Okay, yeah, that, that is a correct rating. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, mine mine is the rating from the Bendis issue that we did because I copied and pasted. Oh, so, yes. Um, yep. But I'll, I'll keep my, my mark close to my chest and I'll uh, okay. reveal it towards the end. Oh, all right. I like that. Uh, now, Justin, if you'd be so kind as to read the bare bones, I'm just going to start off some music, Justin. And as it dims, sure. please, uh, please give us your, your lovely vocal cords. Here we go. Lords of the Ultra Realm. Vietnam veteran Michael Savage, upon returning to America and after his journey to the Ultra Realm, was merged with Falcon, Prince of Bliss, after his death at the hands of his opposite, Marcon, Prince of Rage. Seven Princes of Light existed in the Ultra Realm. Arisanda, the Prince of Love, the previously mentioned Falcon, Krishlar, the Prince of Peace, Contentos, the Prince of Grace, Sain, the Prince of Order, Saturana, the Prince of Enlightenment, and Viridium, the Prince of Life. As did their opposites, the Seven Princes of Darkness, Lashtar, the Prince of Madness, previously mentioned Markon, Mortanos, the Prince of Death, Meridian, the Prince of Hate, Shatragon, the Prince of Chaos, Squamanton, the Prince of Greed, and Zorla, the Prince of War. Michael Savage as Falcon travels to the Ultra Realm, eventually killing all the other princes and thus becoming the Overlord of the Ultra Realm, which he recreates with princes and princesses in place of the all-male princes that existed previously. The special issue was set in this recreated Ultra Realm and dealt primarily with the princes and princesses of love, Eros and Sanda, and hate, Mira and Ridian. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Justin, um, a, a very general overview. I mean, as mentioned, Justin, you and I know how in-depth this thing is. Um, overall impressions then, this is a far cry from Moon Knight, uh, but overall, what did you make of this this huge tale? I love it because I love a, a good, deep kind of metaphysical story on occasion to balance out some of the other crazy stuff that I read. And so 
when I'm looking for something like that, I immediately think of stories like this mm-hmm. because it's fantastical. There's a lot of imagination going on here, but there's some really deep kind of um, almost, yeah, very spiritual concepts going on that are really cool. The whole destruction of the ego thing and the balancing of light and dark and manifesting a gray to kind of keep the whole thing together. I love it. I love all that stuff. And for me, like the whole cosmic balance thing is something that is, it has made a lot of sense to me on, on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there certainly is a lot of that in in depth as well. I mean, the, the play of, I guess, the mirrors and reflections. I mean, they they literally use mirrors as gateways between the ultra realm and um and Earth. Uh, what what do they call Earth again? Um, so the something world, the, the current foundation world, foundation world. Yeah. So uh, that I think is the basis for it. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. It, it's um such an epic thing. You could potentially get lost a lot in in the in the characters, but if you take your time with it, uh, you certainly can. Uh, speaking of the the special, which I read after the the six parter, um, yeah, again with the doubling, literally the doubling of the seven princes of light and the seven princes of darkness into, you know. 28 princes and princesses um, so you've got a huge cast um as well but uh, i loved also the parallels you see the mirroring again of the foundation world with mike michael savage and janice mm-hmm. um portinari uh but you see also that with scala or scala uh and uh, and falcon as well so uh, very yeah very in depth very different from Anything you may have read, if you're a Moon Knight fan and or a Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, street level, this is not street level at all. It's really, like, fantastical. I think that's how I described it to you, Justin. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, key points, Justin, what do you, what do you want to kick off uh, for this, this huge tale? Um, I think probably the biggest key moment is the, the start of it with the fusion of Michael Savage and... Um, the Lord of Bliss Falcon, because that really set off the whole thing and kickstarted the whole story. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, you have Michael Savage going into this arcade and these punks are coming up to him and, and giving him a whole bunch of grief. And rather than, you know, lay into them, which, you know, he's still in his military gear. So he's, he's a military guy. He's a, he's a Vietnam vet instead of laying into them, he just lets this guy beat on him. And um, that's when the whole shift happens. And Mm -hmm. I love that. That's such a cool way to start the story because it's such an unexpected introduction to this realm. You know, this, this seemingly petty fight taking place in this video arcade suddenly creates this gateway to another world that's actually a repository for all the the light and dark elements of our world it's really cool yeah i think it's strange as well i thought it was set in the not so distant future it might be when it was written but i think janice still refers to like you're in the 80s so this was written in, in 1986 but i got the way that the punks were were dressed it seemed to me almost as if their impression of the future like so if that yeah. kind of makes sense um <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, 
I wonder if it was in 1989 or whatever, because um, yeah, made in 1986, and if it's in the future, um, yeah, because it looked very much like I don't know, like Back to the Future kind of mm. um, yeah. idea of what the future is. Um, but yeah, w- what I found really interesting with Michael Savage, the introduction is, I think from the outset, and as you mentioned, Justin, the thing that kicks it all off, um, the thing in the ultra realm is very like black and white is what Doug Mensch calls it. Uh, the the purpose um, and the destinies of people are very clear cut, whereas on the foundation world, things are more gray. And I think with the introduction of Michael Savage, um, going into some of his uh, Vietnam War past, there's that kind of lingering doubt as well of um, did the enemy turn him? Like he was captured, right, mm. from his platoon. Uh, was mm-hmm. he fighting for the Americans, or was he actually brainwashed and used, um, you know, by the the Viet Cong to to I don't, I don't know what happened. They, they, he doesn't really go into it, but. Uh, I think yeah. Mensch really wants to establish this kind of greyness that Mike Savage has. And that kind of bleeds over into the Ultra Realm. When when Savage is kind of fused with Bliss, um, mm-hmm. he actually, yeah, th- there's a little bit of... Um, there's a little bit of darkness in him as well as light, which mm-hmm. they also mention. It, it's, it's very strange. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, I think... The people in the ultra realm, you know, like a Lord of Light, there's always a little bit of darkness in there as well that, that they mm-hmm. always mention. But I think Mike Savage brings that out a bit more because of his mm-hmm. his heritage, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And just his presence, just being there, somebody from the foundation world with, that is all gray, that the, the foundation world is just gray. That's all that earth is. So mm. just the presence of him being there, suddenly there's this little piece of gray and amongst all this black and white. Yeah, and, and it's very interesting. I mean, if we're, we're just to jump towards the end, which uh, again, talking about epicness, he transcends um, into another being altogether, the overlord of, of the ultra realm. Um and jumping kind of to the special, um, it, it's really interesting that he's kind of tainted the whole world or the universe. And there's conversations mm. with the princes and princesses about, oh, it's the overlord. He's not, like, for one thing, he's not in that bubble or he's not in that um, cage where the previous one was or previous ones were. Uh, he's a new thing. And again, it's because of his um, background coming from mm. the foundation world that he's kind of brought things in and and in, in that special uh there's that scene with um what was it car uh, is that the name i can't remember the names uh the oh. the, the son carol carol sorry yeah, uh, that's okay he's he's playing with um a little kind of little beast and the mum's going we never used to have them in the world until you know until the new overlord (laughs) came so yeah it's yeah it's a bit of a a comment then i guess on on planet earth on us you Mm. know so definitely um but yeah uh the fusion of mike savage was really cool um i thought there there was also a particular fusion as well with janice portinari uh what Mm. did you what did you make of her character I really liked her. I thought she was cool as kind of the you're kind of the eyes of the reader through her, witnessing all of this crazy stuff happening from both angles because her incarnation as Scala in the Ultra Realm uh, also goes through quite a bit of stuff during this story. But Janice is 
really stuck on the on the side of earth while michael is in the ultra realm and and she's trying to piece together all the stuff that's happening and yeah i really like her character she's very strong and resourceful and smart and sassy (laughs) doug mentor it's a good sassy woman (laughs) (laughs) she she had a very interesting introduction i thought um to mike savage in issue one she literally just comes up to him like he's he's pensive and just kind of walking down the street and he's kind of looking at his at his old hood you know it's been 10 years or so since the war but he's kind of reliving some stuff Mm. um and she just comes up to him and and you know she ends up in the diner with him having having a meal with she's very kind of pushy i'd say Um, this is pretty forward yeah (laughs) yeah because there was a little bit of me thinking oh do they know each other and it's like i was rereading it back oh no 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 she's just like a reporter she just has gone up to him and yeah but she yeah she has a um a role to play i mean she eventually brings together eddie and tank um their Mm -hmm. friends eddie's um a friend from the gym of all places for Michael Savage, uh, slamming, sorry, Michael Savage, slamming Savage, uh, uh, yeah. a heavyweight boxer, um, had some success there. So we know that Mike Savage, and it's in his name, is um, is quite adept at fighting. So we get that first off, um, although he chooses not to against the punks, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Tank is an ex, um, ex-fellow brothers brothers in arms i guess brother in arms uh from yeah from Viet- they, Vietnam. They were, yeah. yeah and he was another one who was kind of skeptical about what happened to michael over there because yes. he heard all the rumors about you know when michael was a prisoner was he turned by the enemy was he converted or whatever so really there was all this time, this time that wasn't accounted for and it yeah. created a lot of mystery so yeah yeah, I mean, and again, going into some detail, you see some flashbacks. I think, I mean, I, I was really interested in that military background of Savage, and mm. you see him caught, uh, you see him tortured, like there were like there's mm. hundreds of sticking spikes. Pin, pins in him, yeah. Pins. And then this kind of thing of breaking him emotionally, and then I had to like smoke a little at that next panel, like after torturing him, they force him to look at like a, a naked lady, like yeah, <laughs> just, they're, just, they're just parading her in front of him, and he can't do anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> Which I guess, if you're yeah. if you're a man, you know, yeah. a heterosexual man, and that's out in the middle of the out in the middle of a war zone, yeah, that is kind of tantamount to torture. <laughs> that that would be. But I, I was thinking though, like if you'd been pricked with pins all day and and tortured i mean the last thing Mm. you'd be thinking about would be your your you know your sexual drive but um i thought that was quite funny in that sense um but yeah uh, um the 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 vietnam war background for mike savage was um was pretty was very gray and i think that was intentional for Mm. for doug mensch um Mm -hmm. and we even yeah it's not not really resolved i don't think ever i don't think it okay it came to ever kind of we knowing whether he was on one part or the other so yeah i like that he kept that intentionally gray that was cool because i was expecting to see around maybe issue five or six some type of Mm. maybe subtle revelation about that but it didn't happen and i was happy that it yeah Yeah. and and it very much focuses i think it's fair to say uh, i mean you, you do get the mirroring again um you get some some things that happen on our world uh, but there's a lot of focus on i mean again there's a lot of characters to get through uh one of the other key moments i had was um i put in here madness on your shoulder i thought that was a really fun thing yes. um 
so what is it Lashar I think is the Lashar uh, Lashar yeah. is the yeah. um the prince of like madness and he's kind of this guy with a big mane of hair and he's he embodies madness but he has this little lady literally a little lady on his shoulder <laughs> which you don't see at first and she's covered in a green kind of cloak uh which looks like just a cloak of for, for Lashar but she's yeah literally like the devil on your shoulder and I thought that was mm. such a funny in a good way, like a funny creation of Doug Mensch to have it. And so she jumps ship, and we hear that she's jumped ship um, previous uh, as well. She had been with mm-hmm. uh, with Morcon as well. So, right. uh, But she jumps ship over to, to Savage slash Bliss, and she starts kind of infecting him with her uh, malicious, I guess, thoughts or devious thoughts. But, yeah. Devious and chaotic as well, very chaotic and... Often violent in nature. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I think she was a great introduction uh, because, again, we're talking about like some really surreal things. And and along mm. the way, we see many varied creatures like dragons and one that I remembered from the special. There's a spotty man. <laughs> he had like this, yes. Like, I want to know more about him. <laughs> so, <laughs> One of the underlings. And this, yeah, there's little ogres and trolls just, running around and yeah. you know, all kinds of weird creatures, tribes of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so this just just rife for for exploration, this this world, mm. the Ultra Realm. But yeah, the madness uh, on your shoulder, I thought was really cool. I mean, it, it features on the cover of issue two or three, I think. Um, mm. So um, that was much of a feature. I really enjoyed enjoyed that and Lasha he kind of gets done pretty quickly early on I guess um yeah mm. actually after right after um the voice abandons him actually yes yeah, yeah. She, she and then she she also I also liked the twist of her little lie where she she very cunningly tells uh Falcon Michael Savage that she's embedded her roots into his heart oh, yeah. she sticks her little she sticks her little tendrils into his shoulder yeah and so she says if you pull me out you'll kill yourself you know yeah. and so i thought that was a really cool little ruse as well to kind of get him to keep her around a little longer <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, yeah she as i said like she's not she claims to be a friend and stuff and, and help him out but uh she really uh is a bit more of a nuisance than anything else and her her demise at the end, I thought, was again like very surreal. Like, so mm. Michael Savage again, Bliss goes to the Foundation world, uh, our Earth, through a mirror, and there are. It's really funny. There are just these two ordinary guys just installing a mirror, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he hands them uh, the voice. Uh, he says, "You know, you can have it or, or whatever." And and the guys go, yeah, "My God, she's yours." Yeah, and it's like, "My God, this yeah. is real." She, you know, she talks as if it's a, like how freaked how freaked out would you be if you were handed like, oh, yeah. like a tom thumb or a, a voice, the size yeah. of that. Yeah, and then she bursts into flames. I think at the end. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't remember the the thing, but she she needed to go back with a host. Um, she's very symbiotic. That's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she needed a host, so she 
burst into flames when she went too long without one. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think that would have so, freaked that would have freaked me out. I think I would have yeah, I would have needed therapy after that if I'd oh, been mate. installing a mirror and witnessed that. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. Me too. All I, could, all I could think of was Chucky. You know, kill a oh, yeah, kill yeah. a doll or something. <laughs> but burn it with fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she um she must have needed someone from the ultra realm because I was thinking like wouldn't she just then latch on to one of those installers? Mm. But yeah, she must need one of the the princes or you know um one of the people yep. from over there. So um mm. yeah um any other thoughts there, Justin on. On that particular case, or, or I mean, I mean, I've seen you've, you've put some notes here as well on on other things. Oh no, not about that. The the madness one part was handled really well, and I like that they that they kept it going for a whole issue that they didn't resolve it right away. He, yeah, he managed to keep that plot going, and I I really liked that. Well, I mean, there's just so much to really fit in as well. So I think um, I think mm. Doug Mensch has done like really well with. With giving you enough, I mean, they're really like teasers as well. I mean, so if you look at the likes of, for me, I wanted to know more on Zola and um, Squamonton. Squamonton. Um, Squamonton. (laughs) Yeah, the Prince of Greed. I mean, he had a funny little moment, I thought. Um, He was talking about Midas and Midas turning things into gold, and he's kind of going, bah, Midas does that. He can't do this. And he touches something, and I'm assuming it turns into just... Gruel, or um, or you know, just something quite um, disgusting. Some type of greasy slop for him to consume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he basically yeah. just feeding his face the whole the whole mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Wasn't much. But Zola was a, a pretty cool. <coughs> Aesthetically, I thought Zola looked really cool. Just the the hot mm-hmm. red and the the mohawk and and the Prince of War. Um, you know, again, I'm thinking of Ares. Um, very very cool. Definitely. And the colors too. I'm glad you mentioned that with the bright red. The colors were really cool in this. Oh the, yeah, all of each of each of the characters have their own kind of distinct color theme, mm-hmm. and not not only the characters, but just all of each page is just bursting with color. They used a different type of uh, paper on this. Okay. Um, the series, I think it's was it called Mando paper or something like that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the the traditional. Um, stock that DC was using at the time was a heavier coated paper. Okay. So the the kind of like the Marvel fanfares that we were talking mm-hmm. about um, with Moon Knight. So I think that that really helped this series because each page is like a just a feast of colors. Oh, I mean, and let's talk about the art as well. I mean, the, the colors are from the same person, Broderick. Um, mm. Broderick's art is just really, really good. Uh, I, I think I mentioned to you there, there are tinges to me that were reminiscent of like underground comics, just the way that things mm. were hatched. Uh, but they were very clear. Um, you know, the figures were great. I mean, quite fluid. And the designs of the princes uh, were just, yeah, it's, it's really... Um, mm. Really good. I, I did like. Uh, he came on a bit later. Uh, Shatrigan. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah Shatrigan is cool. Yeah, to me, he had the most Marvel slash DC kind of look. Uh, remind, mm. Reminded me a little bit of uh, Swarm, uh, that that sort of thing. But yeah. he had <laughs> he had this kind of green body that was made of something. Um, he was. If anything, I was a little disappointed that he. He kind of snuffed it 
um, pretty mm. quickly. Um, but again, Mench had to go through a lot of these characters as well, so you don't really get to flesh out. Maybe in another lifetime there would be spin-off series on, you know, mm-hmm. good old Shatrigan and Squirmont and, and, and Zola that you could actually, you know, discover more about them. But um, I think still it was done, like the, the characters were serviced well in the fact that you got a, a good enough tease or, or a knowledge of mm-hmm. what they were all about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They, it was hard to to juggle that many characters, like you said. But I think he did a good job giving all of them pretty ample time um, in each issue. I mean, some of them weren't really seen a whole lot, and like you said, they were kind of all taken out pretty easily at the end. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this series would have done better if it was a little bit longer. Maybe another mm. couple of issues would have strength would have helped to give some more spotlight to some of these other characters that we didn't get to see a whole lot of. But I think for the most part, he did a good job balancing everyone. Yeah, I, I think so too as well. I mean, because I was about to say again with the um, the military history of Savage, it would have been good to to see more. But then I was thinking. No, he probably, I think it meant put in enough there for this story. I mean, you mm. didn't really, it would be fun, like, as, as you'd say, probably in another arc or something. But for this particular story with the six six issues, I think it was balanced really well. Uh, you didn't really need to know any more or less. And as we said, there are 14 other princes uh, to deal with. So uh, there was plenty, plenty there. Uh, in case listeners, because sorry, Justin, I'm I'm going to map this out as well. I mean, the synopsis did really well, but I mean, it's really hard to do it justice, I guess, with our discussion because mm. there's so much in it, right? Um, but it assen- is, yeah. mm. but essentially, listeners, as, uh, further on to the bare bones, what happens? Mike Savage gets fused with with the Prince of Bliss. Um, there is a, a, a continual toing and froing in the ultra realm between light and dark right uh, and it, it recycles every time um and then they get mm. new overlords um um it's a very fine balance i think you mentioned as well justin and, and sometimes the princes of light will tip the scale and they'll kind of do the the princes of dark and then then they'll come back and they'll kind of then um, counter that. So there's all that kind of going on at the moment. Um, uh, Bliss comes back with with Savage as his fused thing, and uh, he ends up saving both the Ultra Realm and and the Earth from a potential because um, Morcon has been let loose on Earth. Is that mm. is that correct? Um, yeah, the Lord of Rage is loose on Earth, and while he's yep. been there, there's been an increase in all of this hostility, like all of these yes. violent outbreaks are happening all across. Mm-hmm. It starts in the United States, and then it just spreads across um, while he's stuck on Earth, the Foundation Realm. And, and he realizes that the only way that he can get back is by absorbing the life force of human beings. Yep. And he realizes that it's going to take him a while to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah. he he eventually amasses a, a mountain, not just a pile of bodies, but a mountain of bodies in some back alley. And yeah, I, all, I have all to in laugh an alley. at that scene. Too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that scene too, Ray, because there's got to be like 50 or 60 bodies in there. Yeah. And there's that many people missing, and like, uh, yeah. however many, however long period this is, they should have gotten the National Guard in there or something. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, Morcon's not, 
Morkan doesn't worry about being discreet. You know, you know, it's not like he's no. he's killing people from one town to the next. He's just doing it in one area and just piling them on in the alley, which is, yeah, pretty funny. Um, there's a homeless dude, I think, from memory. He goes around, oh, what's this? And he sees this just mountain of bodies there. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, you're right. So we do see that. I mean, there's a there's the same Morkon uh, picking up um, two la- lovely ladies. They eventually are, like, desiccated, sucked to dry. Mm. Um, uh, there are yeah. a couple of other guys that wander into the alley. So we see Morkon slowly gaining enough power. Um, so, yeah, so there's that happening on Earth as well. Bliss is trying to counter that. Um, and eventually he... There's this whole thing about him not being... Not acting like the Bliss of old, you know. He, there's a little bit mm. more zing in him, a little bit more savage you know, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no, that's an accident, no accident, um, and yeah. So he he goes through the lords, and he he transcends. At the same time, we see Janice, uh, Tank, and Eddie meet, who who happens to be the Overlord um, of the Ultra mm-hmm. Realm, but he mm-hmm. gives up his title, and um, and uh, and Mike Savage Bliss, is it transcends, ascends into becoming the, the other new Ultra uh, Overlord. Overlord. Of the ultra realm um so yeah it, it's a it's a, a huge that is it in a very general way but you, you get to meet all the other all the other um uh, princes along the way as we said and he cuts his he cuts a swathe through through all of them <laughs> it does. Even, even even the overlord at the very end hmm. he has to he has to slice his way through the overlord because the overlord that's says right. the only way that you can transcend is to kill me yes. it's it's really cool that's an, another one of the themes that i like of this is kind of you have to get rid of everything mm. yeah <laughs> it's a purging of everything the the good and the bad the old and the new i like that yeah it's cool yeah it's uh yeah like as we mentioned there's a lot to to kind of take from it um from this tale as well and um yeah i I think um i think that that introduction of the gray i mean towards the end of the the special that's one of the things i love from the doug mensch um dialogue or, or writing in that he's he's mentioning something like um the ultra realm used to be black and white and now there's a little bit of gray in it because because of mike savage as the overlord Mm -hmm. and then he questions is earth the other way around like is it Mm. more black and white and less Mm -hmm. and less gray um so you get those lovely kind of comparisons and parallels uh between the two uh really enjoyable stuff um but yeah uh as as we mentioned, another key moment I had here was was becoming becoming the Overlord. Uh, as we mentioned, a big mm-hmm. thing, kind of reminded me of. I, I always go back to like Akira, you know, with Tetsuo, mm. like just just going this yes. other level. Yeah. Um, it had that sense because he's now this golden kind of hovering guru. Uh, and again, if we are to go into the special, um, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the special, which happens occurs, I guess way into uh, Savage's tenure as an overlord. Mm-hmm. We see the ramifications of that and uh, and the princes and princesses. Um, now, Justin, yeah, this special really did open the doors and I did notice on the cover for mature readers only. Uh, mm. <laughs> so... And that was a wise decision for them to put that on there. <laughs> 
absolutely. I mean, the the the, the mini series was pretty heavy. I mean, we had the stuff yeah. with Michael Savage being a being a POW, and and some of the violence was was pretty heavy, and some of the dialogue was pretty heavy. The themes were pretty deep, but in the special, it, he. Doug Mitchell ramped it right up. He said, "All right, this is adults only from here on out." And, and uh, I'd like to I'd like to quote you, Justin, in just a, a chat we had online. Uh, you, you've described the special to have some racial slurs, incest, and patricide this time round, and that's what you get, listeners. <laughs> you get. Uh, yeah. I was I was struggling to be honest, Justin. Um, number one to figure out who was who was whose parents in the ultra realm because mm. because the mother who is literally also the father because the princes have split into a male and female counterpart you have that yes. and then you have the likes of the evil um uh, uh, oh god what's his name Car- carol Ca- Ca- um, carol and larak and yeah, larak. yeah. Uh, yeah. when you when you read it it's a lot more straightforward because you know that the names are reversed um mm-hmm. but yeah i haven't read it out loud but carol and larak yeah and then you have larak boning his father who's the, who's the mother <laughs> it's it's to, to kill him the idea is to kill him as well it's yes this well, was a this he... was a lot justin <laughs> Yeah, he grabs he grabs his mother for a lovely carriage ride that ends in incest. He he rapes yep. her yep. repeatedly so that the the father will obviously know what's happening mm-hmm. and get infuriated and 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 fly over to challenge him and and uh, then the son will get to be- get his goal finally of bank taking his vengeance out on his dad and yeah and at the same time yeah because his mother is kind of also his father. They're the same being. He's raping his father at the same time. It's, yes. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and and in, there's there's a lot to take from there's, this. There's a lot to take. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I'd much prefer to stay on Foundation World. Um, the stuff they're doing in, in the Ultra Realm, but <laughs> but we also see like a parallel again in in the Foundation World. In our world, there are mm. two. There, there there is a son paralleled with Carol, um, mm-hmm. that finds out after his 18th birthday, um, finds out that he has a brother and fi- or finds out mm-hmm. that he his mother has had an, a relationship with uh, with another man. And I found this actually really refreshing, refreshing Justin. Uh, 1986, mm-hmm. back in the day, I'm assuming interracial um, relationships weren't that common. I mean, just from... Um, you know, my, my memory of it. So this is quite forward thinking from Doug Mensch. Mm, I yeah. really like that twist. I thought that was so cool. Mm. And, and having the parallel with the ultra, that was really smart, really yeah. good writing. Yeah. So, and the whole yeah. twist at the end with the, the two brothers, that was really good too. Oh, it, it doesn't that end in a terrible, terrible way. I mean, mm. so, I mean, Justin and I are lingering on the incest and the patricide on on the ultra realm. Back in our world, the father, I think, I think you'd agree with me, Justin, that his reaction was a little bit over the top. Um, he went into his hardware store with a shotgun. And- yeah. <laughs> he heard a sounds of a scuffling, went in with a loaded yeah. shotgun, just emptied it at the first sign of... Yeah, a struggle, yeah. and uh, and his victim was his own son, uh, who, mm. um, yeah, unfortunately was in there scuffling with his brother, um, so who managed to escape, 
so he, he escapes with a bloodied arm. We see him at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. tragedy all round, you know. Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, and in the Ultra Realm, we see, uh, yeah, the, the father slain as well, that the sword just gone straight through him. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think what you take from this basically is that I think Michael Savage has kind of cocked things up a little. <laughs> he's going, you know, <laughs> as, as the overlord, he's made it. He's made it so much more complicated. Uh, you know, he's mm. he's essentially separated what say the prince of um, pr- prince of hate into the princess, the prince and princess of hate, and now you have mm. relationships like these relationships to to deal with. Uh, so he's certainly made it a lot more complex. It was a lot more black and white. Again, as Doug Mensch said, uh, prior to Savage, uh, now it's it's a whole lot more grey. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and then you have infinite potential for this for these um, things to happen, like the the prince and princess of love and hate falling in love and having this illegitimate offspring. There's so much more potential for random chaotic acts like that to happen mm. in the new in the new ultra realm because it does have that gray. Whereas before that would never have happened. There were there was no potential for any of the lords of light or darkness to to have an offspring, but yeah now that's that's a thing yeah oh so you're you're talking about also the the interrelationships between say mm. yeah 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 because there was the that, two sides uh, yeah the two sides because there was a um there was an admittance from the princess of uh of light or hope a hope i think it was hope and um she admitted that it wasn't rape you know her other mm. son came from a um uh, what's the word? Um, consensual. Uh, no, is that it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Relationship with the the prince of hate. Uh, so again, right. you have that dynamic of oh no, you know, um, <laughs> the two parents are now at loggerheads because of this affair, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so many, yeah, many things. But also the the just the added complexity of having like the two symbols of whatever light, light love, hate, hope, but having them as two separate beings. Um, and and having as you're saying offspring, because mm. again a, a different dynamic than just having one sole person to embody hate or chaos and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting yeah. to know. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, what were to happen if like the prince of war got together with the princess of peace and they had an offspring? What would that offspring? Yeah, be like? it just like I said, it opens up all these possibilities for what the ultra realm could turn into. Mm. You could see, and it, it is, it's very dark. Like all signs point to dark because mm. I mean, we see what happens with Carol and Larak. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It all, it all turns to dark as well. Cause I was thinking, even if you have a, a combination say of two of the, like one, if you, sorry, if you have a combination of one faction or two factions of light, you know, um, hope and hope and love, whatever. You'd still get conflict because mm-hmm. it's kind of like you've had an affair with with someone. So it could only lead to like a mess. Um, mm-hmm. And <clears throat> maybe t- two factions of dark, if they combined, may become like a stronger thing because they're both mm-hmm. kind of on the same. You know, <clears throat> chaos and hate. You know, they'd feed off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. yeah, many combinations to think of. I- I'm-, I'm sure there were. I'm sure Doug Manch planned out a few more other tales to happen with these. I mean, they're, they're, he's got a nice chessboard here. Um, let's just say that. Mm. 
I'd um, love to ask him someday if he had future volumes planned for the Ultra Realm or future series planned. It would be cool to know if, what else he had in store for this place. Well, that's a that's a good idea, actually, Justin. Because I was always trying to think of an excuse to try and contact Doug Mensch back, you know, and have it tied into into ITK because we know he's done a whole heap of other things. Um, but you know, since we've got the other side of the moon, we can talk about Doug's. This is essentially his creation, right? I mean, mm. Um, mm. it's under DC, so he's probably relinquished the rights to it, to them. But um, in, in yeah, essence, probably, it's his. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Um, any other um, notes here, Justin, that you'd like to talk about in either the, the six-parter or the special? Um, well, I mentioned about the colors, about how I love the colors, and Pat Broderick's art is fantastic. It's like kind of old school fantasy art combined with, like you were saying, underground mm-hmm. art and a little bit of contemporary at the time, 1986 comic book art. But he's great. I... um. I can't really compare his art style to anybody else. I mean, I see a little bit of John Byrne in there in places, but he's got his own distinct style, and I really like it. The first time I saw his art was in a it was in a hilarious um, DC book called Cops, and it was a it was an adaptation of an animated show in a toy line that was basically about cops and robbers. But what if cops and robbers were all cyborgs? <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was so fun. And uh he did he did the artwork for that comic book, but he moved on to do other things. And I remember my favorite um Pat Broderick um art was in Doom 2099 when he went back to Marvel and he did the first I think 25 issues of that series and I think that's his best stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean you certainly I mean I'm very limited with underground comics say but um, I just get little bits of crumb in that only because of the, yeah, like the hatching and, and sometimes the the expressions on the face. It's kind of a mixture of, I don't want to say cartoonish, but there is a very kind of like caricature kind of look to mm. it. But then then the, the style can, can really change as well into more of the, as you mentioned, more of the contemporary uh, comic book art of the time uh, back in the mm. 80s as well. So um, I think it's, it's a amazing thing that the inking the penciling and, and the coloring uh because we're talking about hyper detail you know i'm not talking yeah. a lot of the backdrops uh what adds to it and makes the ultra realm such a distinct place is the the landscape and and the buildings mm-hmm. the architecture and you and you see that all in the art which is fantastic mm. I love, too, how the, in the Ultra Realm, pretty much everything that happened there was reflected on Earth. Like at the very end, around issue five and six, you see uh, both hate and death kind of in full effect and circling the, the last remaining Temple of Light. And as they're doing that on Earth, there's all of this conflict breaking out, all these racial fighting and mm, and yeah. these these uh, the president's giving out nuclear codes and the mm. nuclear silos are all opening. And I mean, we don't know what's going on, but what, what countries are at war with each other, but we presume there's something going on. And I, I liked that. It, it was nice because at the very end of that series, you had a lot of tension that both you saw that both realms were in peril of being destroyed because of what was going on. And I thought that that was cool. It had a lot of high stakes to the story. 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely as well. And and again, it just obviously just reinforces the fact of how um, uh, integral both worlds are to each other, um, how they mm-hmm. kind of affect each other, and, and of course how Savage affects uh, the Ultra Realm by no end um, by, the, by the time mm-hmm. we get to the special. Um, yeah, Meridian mm. and uh, Mortanus were, were pretty cool to see, riding the dragons. Mm. Uh, there was also that in the special as well. There was a, a parallel that you see with the offspring, um, and there was a little mm. parallel of the dragons. Um, and you see when the dragon's old enough, the mother dragon will just leave them and, and off they go, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. That kind of reflected uh, the tale of mm. Carol and Larrick uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meridian was cool. I thought he had the um, reminded me of the Batman who laughs. <laughs> he had like the yeah. the, the visor and Cyclops. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Cyclops visor. Yeah. The Cyclops visor, but it was cool how um, Bliss slash Savage was not affected by it at all. And mm. it's like, oh, what are you doing? How could you not be affected by this? And then he gets uh, he yeah. gets done. Um, so yeah, really really fun stuff. Um, Tank Tank and Eddie weren't so lucky though. They were disintegrated by. No, his, yeah, uh, his heat, his, and I thought that was kind of strange because when they picked up Zorla's weapons to try to defend Michael, mm-hmm. the caption read something about how that they surrendered to hate. So they that was kind of the the bridge that they burned on. But I don't know. I don't think that either one of them picked up those weapons with hatred in their hearts. I thought that they were doing it to protect their friend, which is kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a little strange. I think mm. that was the only part of the the last issue I had a problem with. I mean, I didn't have a problem with either one of those characters dying, but I thought that that explanation of it was a little weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. I, I agree as well. And um, not that I had a problem with them dying, but yeah, it was one of those like where the deaths was kind of felt, at least for me is like, mm. Oh, Oh, is he, is um, Bliss going to kind of resurrect them or are they going to come back? Because it was a little sad because you, you do <clears throat> see a little bit of their arc along the way. Um, but mm-hmm. no, indeed, they they did bite the dust. So, um, mm. yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. Um, Justin, if there are no other, I'm just going to go through, I'm having a quick look. Zola, yeah, there was a fight with Zola. Again, actually, I thought... It would have been cool to see a bit more of Zola um, fight again, the mm. god of god of war. Uh, sorry, not god, prince god. of war. Prince um, of war, yeah. Mm, um, I, I'd, maybe it's my tomes of evil leanings, Justin. But I, I just found the the princess uh, princes of dark a lot more interesting than the, than the princes mm. of. Light. I did too. They they yeah. also looked a lot cooler. They, yeah, their, they did. Yeah, their looks were a lot more colorful and interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can understand why you and Russell now do the tomes of evil. The bad guys yeah, the have bad more guys fun. Always, uh, yeah. yeah, they're always more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if there isn't anything else, uh, Justin, do you want to, shall we cap this off with a, a rating? Let's go back to our Connishu's rating system. Yeah, let's do that, yeah. Um, so, for Lords of the Realm, we're going to do it in one big bundle, uh, issues one to six, plus the special, which came out thereabouts a year later. Um, what would you would you give this creation from none other than the Godfather of Moon Knight, Doug Mensch? I would give this an eight out of ten, which is a big, beautiful yellow man. Um, yeah, I just I love stories with that are like an explosion of imagination, where you can tell that the writer and or artist that their imagination is firing on all cylinders and. They, they can throw anything in there, and there's a point where 
it's all going to work or none of it's going to work, but it's okay because it's part of the process. It's part of the creation process. And I love that because there's some stuff that, that Doug Mensch has created for DC that hasn't worked. There's been a couple of miniseries that didn't catch on. And this one, I don't think caught a lot of interest, but I love the themes in this. And I love that he was willing to delve into these deep metaphysical, psychological themes in a six issue comic book. I think it was really cool. Yeah, you can tell it is a, as you said, it is a passion project. Uh, I am willing to bet that this wasn't like editorial saying, Doug, can you write this? Because the level of detail and attention to detail uh, from Doug Mensch and the the layers that the storytelling gives, um, it's something that he obviously wanted to tell. Um, and, and he was fortunate enough through DC to, to tell it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... Not too sure, I mean, how it got. history shows that it didn't kick on, uh, so maybe it didn't prove to be that popular. But I'm glad that Mensch did get to use it as an outlet to, um, you know, to, to flourish his creative brush, so to speak. Because um, it is a, yeah, it's great. I, I've I've changed my, my mark there, Justin. Not 6 out of 10 from the Bendis uh, issue. Um, I'm giving it an 8 as well. Uh, oh, beautiful fantastic. Man. It was um, yeah. a really enjoyable read. Very different from Moon Knight. Um, but if you, you yeah. love to dive into like these different universes, these whole new worlds, I think you'll really enjoy this. There, there's like a cast of thousands, as we said. Um, there's a lot to glean from the parallels between the two worlds. Um, they, they world hop as well so there, there's a lot of fun mm. in that i mean you see Morkine and, and falcon um you know in in uh in, on earth uh, so that's always mm. a bit fun as well um the the support characters i think were <clears throat> really well done uh and and moving on into the special like a year later it almost feels like well it feels like time has passed since the overlord was um dubbed uh, or given to to mike savage and so you get that sense of time like Time really adds to the the sense of grandness to this tale, mm-hmm. and I think it's done really well all across the six issues and um and the special uh, eighty six again and and Doug Mensch you will I mean this is different from modern comics in that you will get there's there's a lot of dialogue and text in there um, but do not be dissuaded by that at all um, just make sure you have a lot of time just absorb it all because it's a a really fun read uh so again unfortunately it's not available readily um but you can buy you can search for the floppies and you can you can buy it it would be great if it was a collected justin i mean because then yeah i think it would make a nice single volume yeah you could fit Mm -hmm. the six issues in there and the special and probably some some extra stuff some sketches some character sketches and things i think would be cool well, there was there's some bonus material, uh, wasn't there, in issue one mm. and, and sub- subsequent issues where Doug um, kind of writes in, pens in, and, and says, look, this is, you know, we were able to get this gatefold cover, which he was very happy for, but this was the other art, which ended up being on the cutting room floor. But I'm glad he added it in yeah. because it's um, it's just great all around. That's another reason it's it's kind of good to get these floppies actually too because you get the you get all of Doug Mensch's editorial stuff at the back mm. where he talks about um, in the first few issues he talks about the creation of the ultra uh, the ultra realm and there's another um, issue where he talks 
I think really at length just about Pat Broderick and how they started working together and Pat, all of Pat's other projects. And I love that you, you get a sense in those little editorial columns at the end of each issue that Doug was super excited about this project and he was really happy to, to see, to see what people would think about it. And yeah, I, I love it. I love, I love all that. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I haven't read all those, um, all the editorial stuff at the end, but I, I want to go back and kind of read what Doug has to say, because it is very interesting. Um, though the, he writes a little bit on the bonus material, which I read, uh, which was, was pretty cool, pretty fascinating. So, um, so definitely check it out, loonies. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Justin, I think that concludes our journey into the ultra realm. Uh, mm. I hope I hope you found that fas- I found it absolutely fascinating, riveting, and oh, it's yes. great. It's great to share our thoughts with you about it, and thank you for putting me onto it as well. Um, it's oh, a very, thank you. Yeah, yeah, very different. You always come up with some really obscure but um, hidden gems, which I think is one of the um, a nice little segue. <laughs> Uh, I see what you did there. (laughs) A nice little segue into um, something that you've been working on that might be out very soon. Yes, the Lost Library of Legends, my comic book podcast debut project, which I will be co-hosting with Russell from uh, my co-host from Tomes of Evil as well, Mm -hmm. should be hopefully launched sometime before the end of the year. Okay. The end of the month, rather. End of the month. Oh, wow, it's better say <laughs> the end of the year, <laughs> at the end of the month, uh, February. Um, okay. So hopefully, yeah, sometime towards the end of the month, it will be ready to go. And I, I should have hopefully four or five episodes right off of the bat. I think. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. Keep an eye out for that as well. I'll let you know. Loonies um, and and share all the um, the relevant links uh, to that. Um, but a big thank you, Justin, as always. It's always fun to have you thank on. You. Um, yeah, I, was, I was glad you liked the series. It's, oh, it's, yeah, a, it's... it's a weird one, but <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> well, no, I, no, thank you. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm, I, I always look forward to your recommendations. So, um, yeah, if you've got any more, uh, and again, as always, it, we've got some, if you want to do some bonus episodes, I've got a few ideas already rolling around, uh, and we've we've talked about it in, in our previous episodes. So um, there's plenty, plenty to do there. So a huge thank you. Yeah. Um, next phase, loonies, just keep an eye out on the on the moon. I mean, that's your best gauge. Just look up into the sky, and Conchie will tell you that. <laughs> In other words, I've still got to work things over. Um, I, I'm not even sure. I haven't even got my prompt sheet what phase of the moon it is, but check it out on the Saturday. I always pick the, the phase of the moon on the Saturday um, and, and see what it is, and uh, you'll get a rough bearing of what we're going to be doing next week. Uh, as always, a big thank you to our Petrunis at the top of the show. Uh, so a big shout out again to Daniel, Drew, Justin, uh, Derek, Kyle, Frank, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Mario, and Gavin. A huge thank you, guys. And uh, you too can become a Patreon member on patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Uh, also as well, CLZ Comics. Please check out collectdoors.com. Uh, Daniel Doings Fringe Night, his Patreon page, patreon.com slash fringe night 27. Drew Tombs with his awesome music. Listen to it on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z. Or Lurk Music on Bandcamp um, at lurkmusic with a ck.bandcamp.com. And finally, if you use the code moon, you'll get 20% off Dreamland Comics. So check out their online store. 
Uh, finally, we're part of a co- the collective, not a collective, the collective. Um, hopefully, the Lost Library of Legends uh, will be on there soon, Justin. Um, I'm mm, looking forward to hopefully. that. Hopefully. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah, hopefully in the near future. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, but brilliant shows. The likes of Dread or Dead, uh, the DCAU animated, uh, the DC animated universe podcast, and uh, and of course Terms of Evil, a super villain podcast. Uh, just a few of the thirty, twenty, I don't know, um, shows as part of the collective. Finally, you can find us on email. Please send us your thoughts. If you give Lords of the Ultra Realm a read, let us know what you you think. Uh, There's there's a discussion thread up in our groups and on our pages, so um, if you so feel inclined, um, just drop a line there. Um, Otherwise, email feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got a website, itkmoonlight.com, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser. And incidentally, again, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you'd like to leave a review, that would be very cool. We can um, expand the show in that way. Um, Justin, a huge thank you once again. Um, I hope to hear you soon on Times of Evil. You guys are killing it over there. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun this month with the Devil's Reign crossover and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. I've got to, I've got to do some recordings for to know who is to fear here as well. Uh, another cracker issue there. Um, so looking forward mm. to chatting with Saren. Um, but yeah, yes, excited to read that one too. Yeah, oh, you should absolutely. If you love Secret Invasion, you'll you'll love it. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> um, thank you, one and all. And as always, may Conchu watch over. The denizens of the night. Catch you later. See you, everyone. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories, and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. It's good and bad. Unfortunately for him, he kind of would get pigeonholed, wouldn't he? I mean, you can't can't yeah. walk up to to something and want to play, I don't know, uh, like a, a doctor or a surgeon. I mean, he just <laughs> a lawyer. A law- oh God, man. <laughs> wear wear a suit. He'd just rip it. You know, just he'd just flex and rip it. <laughs> or can you imagine him being a surgeon with the tools? They're like little, oh yeah, little tweezers in his huge mitts. <laughs> Hell. A little tiny scalpel would look like a toothpick. Oh, man, six foot five. It's massive. I think it's great. I think it's great.